This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing design and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design, and here's my co-host, Alan, from Pixel Partners HQ. How are you, buddy? I am awesome, Greg. How are you doing today, mate? Doing good, mate. It, you know, it's this is unusual, but for Melbourne, it's a beautiful day. Oh, mate, well, for those listeners who are overseas, uh, we're coming into summer now, and it's the best time of year in Australia. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, right now, it's just oh, beautiful out there, blue skies. Anyway, let's. <laughs> what have we got on today, man? Mate, today we're, we're going to talk about some of the inner mechanics of design teams and actually working with design teams. You know, whether you're the client or you're part of the team, mm-hmm. you know, design is a collaborative process, you know, and, and I guess this comes out of my recent trip to the Philippines, uh, working with my guys over there, and, and, you know, we have 20 extremely talented people on our team much like you do, and some of them, most of them work in the office, some of them work in the office some of the time. Uh, We have a couple of people that work in different cities, and, you know, what we could achieve in one week together, flying everybody to one place, doing a a day's conference, and then working side-by-side for a few days was phenomenal. That collaboration just accelerates learning. It it brings out the best in design. Mm. So so that's my lead-in. That kind of also summarises what I've been up to uh, uh, recently. What have you been up to, man, before we get into this this topic? Yeah, cool. Well, we've just released our Designer on Tap, which I think I talked about a few weeks ago, which um, if you go to designerontap.com, um, it'll just redirect to our Studio One offer page. But it's essentially a, a service that we're offering to all of our clients where they can use our design team like their own designer on tap, you know, for a one flat monthly fee. So, yeah, that's finally released as of today. So, uh, yeah, pretty excited about that one. And you know what? I don't know if we mentioned, but your new website is looking pretty damn hot. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> cool. Because <laughs> I think we talked about it a few episodes back that you were designing a new website, and at the time it was about to be launched. So go and check it out, studio1.com. Uh, sorry, no, studio1design.com. That's the one. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Jeez. Sorry, listener. Oh, Angry. good. But, yeah, we're always changing it too because we're, we're testing and iterating and implementing and it keeps getting better, hopefully. <laughs> it's getting good results oh, for us anyway because of all the principles that we follow based on the, you know, six-part series that we recorded recently, Al, on, on you know, principles of influence in website design. And you know what? That's a great – your site is a perfect example of all those elements coming together. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it works. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's get into this topic. Yeah. Right. Team. So, you know, the topic we kind of tentatively said was working with design teams, right? How many people have you got on your team now, Greg? So, designers, we've got 12. 12. And how many on the whole team? 17. So, so ours is the same. I mean, we've got about 20. There's a mix of Photoshop operators, designers that specialize in packaging and or page layout, mm-hmm. and then illustrators, right? And they all kind of come under design, but they all have their different specialties, Yeah, right? I tell you what, man, uh, last week we had a quick chat when you got back from your, your team visit, and, uh, man, you were just 
on fire. And it was so exciting to hear all the things that you guys discovered together as a team. Even though you've been there before, there's a whole bunch of new things that you discovered. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that and everything else about building a team on this episode. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. Like This episode is sort of centred around a couple of weeks of really intensive work as a team. Right, um, and, and and it may be a little scattered because we're going to do it ad hoc, and there's actually way more than I can fit in one episode. And I'm pretty sure that a few more episodes over the next few weeks and months will have insights from this. Right, I'll just slap you if it goes over 20 minutes. Go. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to we're definitely going to keep it to 20 minutes. So th- this is the thing, right? So here's one aha moment. When I asked you how many you had on your team, you said, "Well, designers this many." Mm-hmm. Right, and one of the big takeouts that we had when we tried a few different ways to collaborate together was that you know the team were siloing themselves they were saying well I'm designer I'm project manager yeah right or I'm I work on Photoshop and I do illustrations in Illustrator right and there was a little bit you know, for lack of a better word, and excuse me, listeners, I don't mean this as a derogatory term, but there was a little bit of inbreeding happening, right, where the illustrators were only collaborating with illustrators and the Photoshop team were only collaborating with the Photoshop team, right, to a certain extent. And the, the big aha moment for my team was, you know, I was asking them the question, well, if you're doing a, a 3D graphic to show a product, why not talk to the f- the Photoshop team who work in the studio with the camera and take product photography every day and get their input onto what you're working on, right? Because they have an understanding of perspective and scale and lighting and things like that, which the person doing the 3D may not. Now, are right? they all in the same building? Yes, right. At the moment, they're in two different rooms because mm-hmm. we outgrew one office and we hired the office next door. That's cool. But, but this was the thing, right? One office we've set up as the photo studio and all the Photoshop operators and photographers were in there and all the designers and illustrators were in the other one. Mm-hmm. So we're in the pro- process now of rejigging the office so that they're on little pod desks with one designer, one illustrator, one project manager, one Photoshop operator on each pod. Right. So they can collaborate uh, together. And, cool. and the results were phenomenal. You know, like even in a very short time, you know, everybody started giving their opinions on things that weren't necessarily their specialty, but it gave them a another perspective, another point of view on the work that they were doing. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. So how long have you implemented that and and how's it working? So the first workshop we did on the first day there was about context and collaboration. And then we were implementing it for the whole two weeks, right? Trying to Mm -hmm. come up with different ways to... So when you were there, you were implementing, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were doing it as we were there because we weren't sure how we were going to do it. Mm, We we just knew that we could improve by doing it. Yeah, right. And so do they work on, let's say, for the same client, the same project, there might be an illustration side of it and then a photography side. So, you know, the bigger picture is they're working, you know, for one, one client, for one project. Look, on some projects, that's the case, but not on all. Okay. Right? okay. So you're right. In, the, in that case, if they were collaborating cross teams, the designers might be giving the vision to the photographers of what they're trying to come up with. And the photographers would then say, well, our vision for the photography might be this and then bring it together as one. Yeah. 
But often it's just, you know, we need a, you know, a common thing that we do is custom illustrations for either PowerPoint presentations or instruction manuals. Yep. Right, where, you know, maybe the photography can't explain it well or they want a really clean, sharp look. I mean, the example I often give when people go, well, what does that mean is, you know, the the safety, folded safety books on a plane yeah. that explain how to go out the exit doors, they're always illustrated. They're not photos of people jumping out the door. Sure. Right? So that's the kind of thing that we do, explanatory illustration. Got it. That might might be a standalone thing, but you can imagine some of the stuff that they're illustrating may be real world, may mm-hmm. have design principles that, that they, as illustrators, may not see the same way as a designer who works on page layouts and product packaging. Sure, right? sure. So the whole concept was show it to another colleague, right? And even if you're a client, you know, show it to somebody you know and respect their opinion. It doesn't mean you have to agree with it. It yep. doesn't mean you have to change the design because of it, but be really grateful of their opinion to so say thank you. And, you know, even if you completely disagree with it or maybe you're a little bit offended because you spent all night working on the job or what have you and somebody doesn't like it, that's okay. It is okay. Just just on that though. Yeah, yeah. For designers, it's quite it's you know, it can be quite a touchy thing if they get told that you know, somebody doesn't like it because of that reason that you just said they could have been up all night or put hours and hours of work into it. And design is, you know, it's quite subjective from the point of view that it might be perfect for you, but it may not be perfect for the client. So, you know, you've got to take criticism and it's a hard thing in some, you know, instances to take criticism for the from the designer's perspective if they've put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, and, and that's one of the key elements that we were working on, right, is that it's okay to get somebody's opinion. It's also okay not to agree with their opinion. Yep. And their opinion may not be valuable on that particular job, but listen really hard to the why of that opinion, and it may actually apply on the next design you do mm, or the one like after that, that yeah. or, you know, like, you know, it's we, we were talking about being really receptive to, you know, the essentially the tools and assets that they have sitting in the room with them. You know, there's a huge brain trust in our team yeah. and some amazing talent. And what they were doing was that were, they were just – you know, head down working on a job, putting out amazing results, but they were they were maybe missing little things. Uh, sometimes it was because of industrial blindness, you know, where they're looking yep. at the same thing for so long. Sometimes it was just context and perception. Yeah, sure. And, right? you know, it's probably a, a huge advantage that they're all in the same building that you have that luxury of being able to do that. So it's really clever to intermingle them, you know, in little pods of, of you know, different uh, designers, photographers, etc. We don't quite have that luxury because all of our designers work from their own locations. So we do use Slack, which we've, you know, mentioned on this podcast before, which is a basically a tool where you can collaborate and share ideas and things like that. So that's kind of our way around that. Look, we have the same issue. So the bulk of the team are there, but we have... Uh, three team members that are on a completely different island in the Philippines. We have Vivian and myself that are in Sydney and we're in two different buildings, right? But we apply the same principles, right? We, we, We send each other a message. Hey, have you got three minutes to do a screen share? I mean, Google Hangouts, uh, Skype, Zoom, they're all capable of doing really quick screen share calls, right? If we don't have time for a screen share, we just screenshot or drop a PDF in and go, 
hey, what's this? Yeah, sorry, have a look at this. What do you think? Yeah, right. Cool. And the other key thing too is a lot of why questions. So if I'm reviewing something that somebody's asked me to give my perspective on. I love on, this. This is a huge one for me. When you, This is a big aha moment for, for me when you mentioned it last week. Yeah, is, well, why did you do this like this, right? Or, you know, if you don't like this, why don't you like it? Yeah, you know? or, or giving them a reason why you're instructing them to do something a certain way, you know. It, it's really more powerful, if, yeah, if you tell the full story. Yeah, yeah. So then that leads into context, right? Yeah. So if you're working on a design job, why are you doing it? Why are we doing this design job? What is the outcome we're trying to achieve? Yes. You know, if a client requests changes or I request changes or the creative director, Rick, requests changes, you know, don't just say make title blue, right? Put the why, you know, make title blue because blue is the client's corporate brand. Mm -hmm. Give a reason why, because that then gives the designer the opportunity to say, I agree with you or I disagree with you, right? Because changing that particular element could have a cascading effect on other elements within the design, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the key is just open, honest, respectful communication and collaboration, you know, being grateful for people's opinions, whether they're the same as yours or not, right? And being willing to to back up your thoughts, you know? Like, so if you don't think that that person's opinion is right, you thank them for it and you go, well, I'm going to continue on the journey that I'm going with this design because of these reasons. Yeah, and really encourage them to give their opinions as well. And that's a tough thing. It's a tough thing for designers, I think, because they know how hard it is to come up with that design. Like you say, yeah. they might have been working for days, you know, through the night, what have you, on these jobs, and they don't want to upset a fellow designer who may have put a lot of work into it, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and, and we were actually saying, this is a cool one, Greg, we were saying that it's actually more disrespectful not to give your opinion. Yeah. Right? Have you ever had, like, I don't know, sauce or Vegemite or something on your face <laughs> and nobody told you? Yes. You know, like, how disrespectful is that? If I saw you with sauce on your face, Greg, I promise you I'd say, hey, Greg, you've got sauce on your face. Just wipe it off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And that was yeah. the exact illustration that we used with the team and they went, oh, yeah, it's really not nice if we don't tell somebody, if we, if we see something in their design that we think they could improve, you know? Yep, I couldn't agree more. And, look, we often have two managers, design managers, look over the design uh, to give their opinion. So they're kind of collaborating in a little pod anyway. And the reason is because, you know, everybody does have different opinions, but also uh, one of the design managers will be liaising directly with the client. And they might know that client better than, you know, the particular designer or the other design manager that's working on that particular project. So I just find it's, yeah, way more powerful to have, um, you know, a few of your trusted experts, design designers and design managers giving their opinion. Well, here's a tip for you, right, further to the stuff we chatted about last week. Yeah. Right? So we already had that, right? So we have team leaders, project managers, and creative director mm -hmm. who cross-check work, so multiple eyes across the finished product so that the client gets the best results. Sure. Right? Yeah. Now, what we discovered was a couple of things. Firstly, right, that's all good and fine, but it's very linear. So only one designer may learn from that experience, Right. So by having 
the designers collaborate together before passing it up the line, we are getting better results. Right. right. And okay. it's, it, it, it's so, you know, designer A says to designer B, who's not working on that project, hey, listen, I've got this web design. Here's the outcome I'm trying to achieve. What do you think of what I've done? Nice. And how many right. people are in each pod? Well, th- this cross collaboration doesn't have to be within the pods, it can be with anybody within the team. Mm hmm. Right. I'm just encouraging them to try and do it across different teams to get different perspectives. Yeah, cool. And here's the second thing, right? And this is something I literally launched yesterday, okay? So when I have a job that we, you know, first, second drafts were good but not world-class and we had to go back and forwards a couple of times, which happens in design, right? It's really common that internally you and I and our teams, we do a ton of work before the design actually gets to the customer. A lot of people think, oh, yeah, you just design it and flick it to me. No, 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 no. It goes, it gets reviewed and it gets checked. What we've started doing is mentoring calls, right? So we will take one specific job that the entire team didn't necessarily work on mm-hmm. that's in a vertical. So it might be a Photoshop component or an Illustrator component. Yeah, right? sure. And we bring it up on the screen and we start at the first ver- the brief in the first version and we work through to the end version. It takes maybe 20 minutes, yeah. right? But the whole team gets the benefit of the learning. Mm, yeah, good one. You know? And even if you just have a smaller group, though, you could re- uh, record the call, which is what I do every time I have a, a call with a... Uh, you know, a small pod or or just one person, I always record it so that everybody else has access to it. Yeah. The, I thought about that, Greg, and the, the, I think that's good for building a library. The only issue with that is then however many people at different times all have to watch a 20-minute video. So I'm trying to make it very live and interactive for everybody, and it's great. They ask questions, yeah. you know, they they post feedback on the chat pad while we're doing the screen share. Do you do that with every job? No, 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 no. Just no. randomly? Look, this, is, this is just selected jobs where somebody up the line, possibly, you know, the, the, the team leader or the creative director or somebody senior looks at a job and goes, wow, there's learnings here for the entire team. Yeah, okay. And that way everybody's learning it at once. Sure, sure. Yep. Yeah. That sounds right. good. Cool. Mate. Guess what? 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we're right on 20 minutes. Is there anything from our conversation last week that I didn't mention today that you reckon is worth a mention, even if it's just planting a seed for a future episode? Yeah, look, even just the fact that you went there and that in itself gives enormous respect of you from your team members and is, you know, it keeps them motivated as well. And I really love the fact that you spend so much time educating them and appreciating them. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, just wanted to mention those couple of things. I think it was awesome. Yeah, if you have a remote team, go and see them. You know, like I would say that some of these things that we had in our team where people were, uh, they had tunnel vision. They were only working on that one task and they weren't looking at the bigger picture of how what they did impacted the entire project and the entire team is because I probably waited too long between visits. You know, get your team together if they're remote. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether you're a national company, an international company. Every dollar you spend on that will come back to you tenfold if you do that on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. Because the end goal is to give the clients a better result. So the more you can implement these type of strategies to get a better result, the the better. You know, everyone's going to be happy and you're going to get more work. Yeah, absolutely. Tips and tricks. What's your killer tip? 
Oh, look, just in general, I mean, your team are your business biggest asset, right? So, I mean, treat them, uh, you know, an analogy would be to treat them like a rose bush, you know, keep them well watered, well fed, prune back the dead bits as well to allow the rest to flourish. It's funny you say that, you know, like we, we supply lunch to our team when they're in the office. Yeah. And uh, the reason is we've got a lot of young creative designers and we discovered that, you know, some of them were sharing like a tin of sardines for dinner and we're like, no, 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 no. Well fed, well fed. A beautiful, <laughs> nice, hearty meal for lunch every lunch. Nice. Um, I said one thing you told me, you asked your team to organise a, a really nice restaurant for you guys <laughs> to have there one time and, and yeah, the result was not the best rest, restaurant in town, was it, Al? Tell us about that. Oh, no, look, we've had ups and downs with where we've eaten, but yeah, I, I actually really like the, the food in the Philippines. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure what to expect yet. I heard there's a lot of American food, which is not great, but... Uh, yeah, but, y- y- you know, eat the local food. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, go to the local eateries and it'll be great. Cool. Listen, just one, one killer tip from me before we wrap up, mm. right? And, and, and I, this is around gratitude. Okay, you know, we work hard on things, we we have egos, and I say we, you know, it's just human nature, right? Some more than others, like mm-hmm. I probably have a bigger ego than most, <laughs> right? But I have learned to be really grateful for other people's opinions because other people's opinions push me to be the best that I can be. So, you know, in this collaboration thing, be accepting of people's opinions, even if they're not your own. And even if you put a ton of work in and you think it's the best you've ever done, somebody might give you a little tidbit that could take it from awesome to, you know, mind-blowing. Yeah, nice. Well, that's great advice because I'm heading to see my team for the very first time in six weeks from today. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. How exciting. Have a good trip. Yeah, thanks, too. I'll speak to you before then, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Listener, thank you for joining us today on The Real Magic. Go and post a, a comment on our website or a review on iTunes, and we'll catch you on the next episode. You got it. Thanks, Al. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.